the Goat of Popularity Podcast. Welcome back, Hoppers, to the cult of popularity. The only cult that doesn't need to take potions to enhance themselves. Is beer a potion? Could, could be a potion. In that case, we may have just lied. In any sense, welcome back. We're uh, ready to dive into three whole new topics this week. Fortnite, whatever. You know what we mean. This episode. That's There, there we go. There, there, there it is. All right. So, in this episode, we are... Going into the the Witcher, th- well, the Witcher. Are we doing the Witcher of the series? Are we doing the Witcher of the series? Or are we doing the third one? Well, we reckon we'll do you know aspects of the Witcher mythos universe. Witcherverse. Oh, look out! Coined it. That one's taken off since the bloody arrow and shit got into the world, didn't it? Has. Uh, so we've got that. We're going into the best worst mi- film ever made with the Room. Oh, uh, so yeah. Wow, what can you say? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. And then finishing up with one of my all-time favourite TV series, Breaking Bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's Breaking Bad. Very good. Very good. <laughs> All right. And we've added a uh, a new element to the show this week. Uh, indeed. We are trying to keep things a little bit more consistent and to keep ourselves a little bit more, I guess, accountable. 20-minute timer per Tommy topic. That's it. And what are we going to do? If uh, if we can't get twenty minutes on a topic, we're going to give the extra time to another topic, or we just cut it off, move, cut our losses, yes. and move on. Oh, I reckon we'll just cut our losses, eh? Sounds good to me. Uh, but let's kick things off with The Witcher. Yeah, do it. All right, time starts now. Great use of the timer here. Yeah. Uh, well, you probably you're probably a bit more well acquainted with The Witcher than I am. Uh, in some aspects of. I had a slight well of either the first or the second one, which was all right. I've played a bit of the third one, um, and I have most definitely watched the Netflix series. I've done pretty much none of those except for played the third one, and I haven't played it all the way through. I've only just sort of started playing it I'm a decent way. No, I certainly haven't played it all through either. It is a good the third one definitely. It was a is a good very good game. I must say though, it they is. Are definitely have expanded on them, making it open world and third person and everything else was a great move because the first and I'm pretty sure the second one as well were more like that sort of isometric top down view. Oh, okay. That if you like you've ever played um like any of the old Diablo games or yeah. or even even Diablo 3. And RPGs like that, that sort of top-down perspective is what they were. The third one's obviously completely different to that. I, I got into it and I was sort of a bit put off at the fir- at first because I've you know, just recently finished, well, within the last you know, 12, 18 months, I've finished Red Dead Redemption 2 and God of War on PS4. Both very good games, both very good open world sort of games. Especially God of War was hard not to make that comparison because obviously it's a much later game, but it's also like really, the combat's really good in it. And I was like, the combat in The Witch is really sluggish and it was, it was hard for me to adjust. And I had to sort of take my, do the, the uh, thing I'm, I'm, I'm usually pretty good at, which is taking myself and putting myself in the time frame when the game came out or whatever came out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, and then realizing when this came out, this would have been, you know, like, groundbreaking so i try to do the same with movies as well like if i'm watching an, an old movie i'm not that person that sits there and goes oh these special effects are shit i'm like this movie came out in 1983 in 1983 these special effects would have been fucking sick <laughs> fair enough then but yeah and then, and then i started playing it i think i was saying to you before it was i was playing it um last night actually and i was like i'll give it one one last lash i got sucked into this one little side story and i was like this is fucking awesome. I'm, I'm going through and I'm, I'm doing well and I'm killing all these fuckers and things were actually starting to look up for old Geralt. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll probably keep playing it and see if I can finish it. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. The third one definitely takes the cake. It's a lot of elements going on there with the whole RPG elements and everything else that you can do. The story seems quite captivating yes. as well. Although you do feel like you've missed out. I guess you can, why not playing the, first two because it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't really fill you in at all kind of just assumes you know what's happening yeah i had no idea when i first started it like i wasn't even paying attention to the tutorial that much i'm like uh, i can i can do combat i know what i'm doing in the first bit of the game where you start out you have to un- like find a key and unlock the room i didn't 
read any of that. And I was just like, there's a window open. Obviously, this guy's like, he can jump from heights. That's fine. Jump straight out the window and died. <laughs> Uh, that is actually that's gold. Yeah. That's actually gold. Like I could figure this out. No, <laughs> no, might might have to pay a little bit more attention to what the game's trying to tell me to do. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I think it was something that you. I think you mentioned it last episode as well in regards to the way that games treat you and everything else in regards to whether or not they give you this like full on tutorial telling you how to do everything and it's just basic controls and things like that and just hold your hand and you got to do like some boring ass series of tutorials telling you all this basic stuff you already know because it's like pretty simple basic game mechanics anyway or just nothing it's just like cool these are the buttons now go and find out how they work time to learn dickhead pretty much yeah i think i don't think this one i think this one is somewhere in the middle ground but did make just made me think then that that's more of a like you just like running in and deciding like no i've got this is a throwback i guess to the old console games where it, it was, it was just, you literally just, there was no tutorials. It's just like, cool, you're playing the game now. And you just had to press the buttons and figure out what. I mean, granted, there was like direction buttons and two other buttons to press most of the time. So yeah. it wasn't that hard to figure out. But I don't know. Would you say, <laughs> I don't know, I was just thinking then, would that be like a symptom of that, you reckon? Where it's just like, nah, cool, I got this. And you just run in and shit will sort itself out. Potentially. I don't know if I was talking to you about it or I was, I was talking to someone about it recently about how it's very rare nowadays that you'll play a game that doesn't feel like another, like any other game. Like it feels like no other game you've played. Like, you know. Um, that was last episode, man. That was, that was literally last episode. last episode. There you go. That's I, what I was talking about. Yeah. My, my memory's fucked. When I started playing this, because like, you know, some of the controls, you know, are basic controls, squares, attack, triangles, heavy attack if you're playing it on the PS4 and then you know all the other ones but then there's some other ones that are sort of like a bit different and it's like you know it makes it I don't know a little bit more challenging to try and remember what which is nice it's good you gotta you like to have for it to feel like it's not something that you have played before I guess yeah I just uh seduced and slept with a witch and then in the next story killed her so (laughs) I'm having a pretty good run of it at the moment (laughs) (laughs) looking back in it though like Looking into it, um, a couple of things I found is that the whole idea of the Witcher has been around for for a lot longer than I knew. Uh, Start off as, as as a series of poly, uh, books written by a Polish man whose name I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. Uh, first released in 1993. 1993. That's a yeah. It's a lot longer back than the first game came out. When was that? This game was like 2001 or something, I think. Yeah. Then the sequel came out in 2011. And then they were like, fuck it, four years. Oh, shit, even later, Let's... 2007. 2007. Seven kind of looks like a one if you look at it the right way. Yeah, you got bad eyesight like I do. <laughs> um, yeah, so it started out as books. Obviously, it was made into video games while we're talking about it. And it was been made into a Netflix series. But you said it was also a, was there a movie or a... Yeah, it was like a Polish um, TV series and movie, which was, it was called The Hexer. Uh, apparently didn't do too well though. Didn't go well. Yeah, didn't go too well. Apparently. Interesting thing about the writer of the book. Uh, he actually when the- do you want to have a go at his saying his name? Oh, do you want to do it? I'll, look, I'll have a red hot crack at it, but I don't know what it's going to go. Uh, where is he? Andres Sapkowski. No, nice. something like that. Um, something like that. That bloke who wrote the books. He originally went in for didn't think, didn't think the video games were going to do very well. So he made the fatal mistake, critical mistake of when it came to royalties, taking a one-time lump payment as opposed to ongoing royalties for the game, which, as we learned from Tony Hawk, not the way to do it. No. You're going to do things? Learn from Tony Hawk. That's right. You too can do the 900. Go out there and try. Don't don't try to do the 900. Yes, Do you know how much he actually asked for? No. I didn't actually see that. So he apparently asked for... It doesn't say what his base lump sum was that he originally sold it for, but apparently he asked for another uh, 60 million Polish. Oh my God, Polish words. They're not fun. Zloty. I'm going to, I think that is, uh, which apparently is uh, more than US 15 million. Wow. Uh, which was, yeah, yeah, which apparently represented about 5 to 15% of the game's actual revenues. Over the years. Yeah, that's a that's a rough one. It is, but, you know, so I don't know. I say a little bit as you made your bed now lying it. Yeah. 
I think he's uh, learned his lesson, and from what I could read, he's signed on to do something with the the Netflix uh, series. He's got a he's got a finger in that somehow. So he's um. I'm, I would. I'm sure he would have to. I imagine he'd be uh be allowing. No, we'll go for we'll go for ongoing royalties with this one. I reckon. I mean, he's got a pretty good good cast for it. Henry Cavill, uh, in my opinion, does a great job of uh portraying Geralt. Do you know what I thought when I first started playing Witcher Three? The voice of Geralt sounds like sounds like the guy that does the voice of Raiden from the Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, right. Did you look into it and find out whether they were the same? I did not. No, I was meant to. I meant to. I was like, <laughs> uh, well, hang on, he's, I don't think he is. No, he's not. There's Geralt's by a guy named Doug Cockle, and he was not the guy from Mortal Kombat. Well, that just knows it. That is not the guy. It's not the guy, but yeah. I just, they, have, they have a very similar sounding voice. I'll probably go back and watch Mortal Kombat and be like, these can't sound nothing alike. <laughs> That's not how I remember it. Yeah. Um, as far as setting, though, it's it's in a pretty stock standard, I guess, Middle Ages sort of vibe. You, know, you got peasants, you got kings and barons and lords and all sorts of shit like that. And a whole bunch of weird-ass monsters roaming the land. Yeah, all kinds of fucked up shit. Which is cool. I like the... I do like the kind of, uh, I guess, world that's been designed where they've got, like, the witches, which that's, like, not... That's witchers. Witchers. Is, yeah, yeah, not witches. Um, they're an interesting concept. They're like these dudes that are mutated in some way, have mutations, which allows them, or enhances them, and they're basically just roaming, I don't know, what's the word? Got guns for hire, like I guess. You, yeah, that's, that's, that is, that's, that's the, the word, word that's the word I was looking for. for. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, um, they're just roaming mercenaries that stroll around, help fuck shit up, get rid of monsters and stuff, and get told to fuck off because no one likes them. Yeah, I was playing through what, uh, one of the early, like the very very early bits, and you're in this like pub and or tavern, and a um, group of guys come in. They start talking shit, and they're like mouthing off about your swords, and they're like, "Oh, why does he have two swords? Better he has two pricks as well." Uh, and like talking shit, no. and then you get to choose what you want to say to them. And I just said, "I'm a witcher." He turns around and he goes, "I'm a witcher. One sword's from humans, one sword's from monsters, and I've only got one prick." And then they're just like, "Oh fuck!" And they just back the fuck off straight away because they know what the witches are like. <laughs> it's true. I do like uh, that sort of aspect they took with Geralt. Um, he kind of takes no shit and will mouth the fuck off. Yeah, he's very calm about the way that he goes. You know that, that he talks like the way that he. He, he, he doesn't get aggressive. He's just very, mm. very direct and to the point. No, d- does do a very good job. Yeah. I'm not very good at Gwent. Really not very good at Gwent. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go too well either. I'm pretty sure I lost that like, first game that you meant to play. And I was just like, whatever then. Yeah, I lost that. And I've lost one other one since. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> I haven't done mm. any boxing yet. I must. You can do, I've done horse racing, but I haven't done any boxing. I didn't know you could do that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's heaps of other like side activities you can do. Yeah, nice. And Gwent's actually got its own mobile game that you can play on the phone, which would probably result in me throwing my phone at the wall. So I'm not going to download that one. <laughs> Can't win against computer. We're going to fucking win against cunts who play it every day. Yeah. Um, I think it is worth mentioning, though, the TV series on Netflix w- was quite good. I actually really enjoyed it. One thing I would say about it, though, is it's confusing as fuck because it does skip back and forth in time quite a lot. Plays fast and, and loose with the timeline. It does line. not tell you. It just does not tell you. That it's doing it. Yeah. So I think it took me about the third episode and I was like, what the fuck? Then I realized that everything I was getting told was completely in a different order and eventually it all starts to kind of come together as the series goes on. You start to realize where different bits and pieces actually happen throughout the timeline that they're telling the story over. So it worked in the end and you could get there in the end, but yeah, it was really confusing to start off with. I was just like, well, this doesn't make sense. Why are they there then? But didn't that happen then? And yeah. Um, on top of that as well, though, apparently Netflix have also set, uh, put, put in and uh, commissioning an animated film to be made as well, separate to the TV series. Oh, wow. Is um, Henry Cavill going to do the voice for Geralt as well? Ooh, that I don't know. It would be interesting because apparently Henry Cavill really wanted to play the role of 
Geralt. Apparently, he's quite the big gamer. There you go. Roy blew out when I found out he was British. It's true. There's a lot of actors that get you like that, isn't there? It's like, like, wait, what? <laughs> it's just, yeah, you just don't expect it. There's a few few of them like that and you're just like what yeah it's crazy i think it's even more crazy when you get like the irish actors and things like that that play like british characters and you just assume they'll you know you know they're from the uk but you just assume that they were british yeah and then you hear him speak normally and you're like um who the fuck is this guy <laughs> um but yeah i mean the witcher sort of it met with rave reviews you know as far as going um as far as games go i guess one of the things that was said about it which was is Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, Hunt was marketed as Skyrim in a Game of Thrones source. I feel like that's incredibly insulting to The Witcher and Skyrim. It is a bit. Oh, I do agree with you there. Neither of them are boring. Yeah, exactly. Branding it with that boring Game of Thrones brush is uh, is a little bit a little bit rude. It's very rude. Um, it won Game of the Year, obviously, which is, you know, pretty big uh, for a video game. It is. That's always big. I think... Would you agree with this, though? So, apparently, one of the level designers and senior environment artist for the game um, have cited that both the Legend of Zelda series and Red Dead Redemption uh, for influencing the game's level designs and environments. Yeah, I can see that. I can a bit, especially with... Um, so, yeah, it is, it is a bit of a blend of that. I can definitely feel that, like the open landscapes and riding on horseback, obviously, that Red Dead Redemption influence. Cool. And that would be time. That would be time. Well, let's wrap it up then. Um, overall, from what I've played, it's it's a solid. Well, the third one's a solid game. What would I score it? I'd give it three and a half White Wolves out of five. Nice, nice, not bad. Um, look, I w- I would I'll give it four. Nice. Like I said, if I wasn't spoiled with God of War and stuff like that, I probably would have given it you know given it a higher score. But. Hmm. No, that's fair. That's fair. Moving along from a game that did very well commercially to a film that did not do very well commercially <laughs> in the room. Uh, no, it didn't. I'll restart the clock now. Um, <laughs> uh, that yes, <laughs> yes. I think <laughs> I think we should just start on that point because that's that, that's actually hilarious. Um, just in comparison in doing uh, well commercially, I will go back to The Witcher quickly. This is just The Witcher 3 made a profit of $63.3 million in the first half of 2015, um, which was the year it was released in and sold over 6 million copies in the first six weeks. Comparatively. The room had a budget of six million dollars and made a box office of eighteen hundred. That's one thousand eight hundred dollars, to be clear. And it, to put that in better perspective, I actually did see how much it cost them quite a lot of money to make The Witcher Three. It actually, cost them about eighty three million dollars to make it, and so then they made a profit of sixty three million dollars. Insane, but it's also hilarious because it's imagine. Yeah, making a movie and you made $1,800 back on it. That's you know, that. one person who doesn't have to imagine. We do know one person that doesn't have to imagine. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's such a massive fail of a movie. It is. It's it's ridiculous. So it's we should probably give people a bit of background. Bad in every way imaginable. Yeah, but that's what I think that's what's given it such a cult following now, though, is because, and that's, you know, what this shows about things that have cult followings or, you know, pop culture and things like that. It's it's got a cult following because it's so bad, it's good. But not in a good way. It's just so bad it's hilariously funny. It's like yeah, it's like it needs to be seen to believe sort of thing. Yeah. If you haven't already watched it, go watch it. If you can. If you can make it all the way through. If you can make it if you make if you make it all the way through, well done. Well done. Um I haven't been able to make it all the way through. Not in one sitting. No. It um you need a break after a little while. Your brain starts to cast off brain cells and you're like, fuck, I better, I better stop for a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, basically, it's a film made by a ex- very eccentric director and writer, Tommy Wiseau, and he's just, yeah, it's about a love triangle. It's just, sorry, it's described as a melodramatic love triangle between banker Johnny, his deceptive fiance Lisa, 
and his conflicted best friend Mark, which is um, it's, it's hard. Like he's even trying to explain the the plot, you start to get lost in it, just because you it is. It's oh wow! All right, I'll give you a quick excerpt of the plot. Right, all right, do it. Johnny is a successful banker who lives in San Francisco in, in a San Francisco townhouse with his fiance Lisa, who has become dissatisfied with their relationship. So she seduces his best friend Mark, and the two begin a secret affair. Meanwhile, Johnny, overhearing Lisa confess her infidelity to her mother, Claudette, uh, attaches a tape recorder to their phone in an attempt to identify her lover. Denny, a neighbouring college student, Johnny financially and emotionally supports, has a run-in with an armed drug dealer, (laughs) Chris R., but Johnny and Mark overpower and detain him. Denny also lusts after Lisa and confesses this to Johnny, who understands and encourages him to instead pursue one of his classmates. Johnny spirals into a mental haze, calls upon Peter, his and Mark's friend, a psychologist, to help Mark. Mark also confides in Peter and feels guilty about the affair. It's, it's The whole thing is just like, I'm not even going to keep going, because the whole thing from that little yeah. excerpt, is it, it makes no sense. It's just so, yeah, wow. Hilarious. If you do actually sit down and watch the room, or if you have watched the room and you haven't yet watched The Disaster Artist, which is uh, James Franco's film about the making of the room, definitely watch that because it's hilarious. It's well put together. It's so well put together that at the end of the movie, spoilers, they have side by side scenes from the room and from The Disaster Artist when they've recreated them. And they're pretty well perfect. Like, it's actually amazing. But there's there's so much crazy stuff. Like, Johnny, the main character of the movie, is sitting there with Mark. And Mark tells this story about like about um, this lady who was sleeping around all these guys. And she ends up getting the shit kicked out of her by one of them. And, he, and then Johnny's like, ha, 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 funny story, Mark. And... Oh, that is... Yes, that is one of the... Like, no... Uh, don't take me wrong when I say it's one of the best move moments in the film. I, don't, I obviously do not support the kicking shit out of women. No. But it is. It's just because it's such a ridiculous and, like, response to it. <laughs> Funny story, Mark. Well, in, like, it's just... <laughs> then in The Disaster Artist, though, like, like the director that's helping direct the film that, that you know, Tommy's paid all this money to... Has, he calls cut like a million times. He's like, no, people don't react to them sort of stories like that, Tommy. Like, you have to react in another way. And he's like, some people react like this. Like, <laughs> that's his whole explanation. <laughs> so good. And another one of my favourite scenes in that movie, though, is the one where he oh, he walks into the shop and he's wearing, like, the big dark sunglasses. Yeah. Have you seen that? <laughs> oh, hi, dog. <laughs> Yeah, no, he walks in and that woman's like, doesn't recognise him. He's like, oh, it's me, Johnny. <laughs> because apparently she doesn't recognise him in the sunglasses. It's just... Oh. It, it's, it's so ridiculous. Another great scene we have to talk about because it's probably one of the most famous ones from it is where Johnny comes through the door and he's like, I didn't hit her. I would never hit her. And then he sees Mark. He's like, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Yes, the old oh, oh hi Mark. Oh hi Mark. It is, and like I think that yeah, that exemplifies as you were saying before, just this the sudden weird changes because he's like, well, he's meant to be like really upset and distressed about you know, yeah, allegedly hitting Lisa. Yeah, and he just sees Mark and just changes. And there's even like a there's, oh, hi Mark because uh, Tommy's a self-confessed. James Dean fan and uh, James Dean who coincidentally I didn't realise actually didn't make that very mo- many movies but he's like a huge name in Hollywood uh, before mm. he died but he actually rips off one of the scenes from uh, one of James Dean's movies where he's like you're tearing me apart Lisa <laughs> yeah. and it's a blatant rip off like it's yeah, I didn't realise that that's cool yeah not, not cool cool but you know that's awesome yeah I did not know that but if you want to know where some of that, that $6 million went for the budget. I would love to know where some of that $6 million went for that budget because that is not a $6 million film. No. To promote the movie, Tommy per- personally spent $5,000 per month for five years on an enigmatic billboard. Five grand a month for Hang five on. years. He spent 
five grand a month for five years. I'm doing it. You're doing the math. I am going to. So five thousand times twelve times five. Right. That's sixty thousand a year. Correct. For five years. Three hundred grand. That's just three hundred thousand dollars right there in a billboard. Yeah. And I was, I was telling you this before we started actually recording. There's a scene, and a lot of my, like a lot of the background sort of stuff I know about the film is from the disaster artist. That's why I keep referencing it. There's a scene in that where Seth Rogen's character, the like director that's hired to help put the movie together, basically goes to the bank to cash a check, like his paycheck. And he's like, is there actually any money in that account? Talking about Tommy's account. And the, the person behind the counter just goes, this account's a bottomless pit. Like, there's just ridiculous amounts of money in it, which is incredibly unprofessional. But <laughs> that is, and no one seems to know where he got all his money from. He just turned up one day and was like, "Fuck it, I'm making a movie." Drugs. He was selling drugs. I reckon he was taking a few of them too. Yeah, I was looking like the the. I'm assuming the, this is the picture uh, of the room. Like, is that the? I don't know. It's, it's the black and white movie poster. Yeah. Um. And yeah, he. Definitely looks like he'd just taken some drugs. The scene where he's coming up with the screenplay and he's like, he's like, Johnny is a banker, an American heartthrob, and maybe he's a vampire. I don't know. <laughs> and really, and real the, good character development there. He hadn't really thought it through. Yeah, is he gonna be? Is he gonna be a vampire? I don't know. He originally wanted to. He wanted to put flying cars in the movie as well. That would have just taken it to a whole new level, surely. <laughs> they might have made, you know, two grand if they had uh, some flying cars in it. We definitely should touch on just briefly uh, as far as the cultural impact is in the film, there's photo frames that are on the walls of like Johnny's apartment and stuff like that. And they have these stock images of spoons in them. So <laughs> apparently... Mm-hmm. They were bought for the, like, for the scene so they could put pictures in them. And then last minute, we so it was just like, you know what? I'm not going to put pictures in it. We're just going to get on with the filming. Let's get it done. And then left these stock images in there, not thinking that people would, you know, would care. Anyway, now whenever it's shown in theatres, even now, even today, whenever they, those, those pictures come on the, the screen, all the fans yell spoon and then throw plastic spoons at the screen. Weird thing to do, but what kind why of not? what other kind of people do you think would be following this film from cinema to cinema? Like, <laughs> and if the room's your favourite movie, well, see a doctor. It's crazy. Apparently, there's an unofficial video game adaptation called The Room Tribute as well. It was released on Newgrounds in 2010, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. It's yeah. I mean, as bad and everything as it is, you've you got to. You got to admit, he has he's made a name for himself. Yes, people know who he is. And if you get a chance, go on YouTube and YouTube his audition for the Joker. Oh yeah, that's actually that that is great. That's that's definitely worth watching. Um, but it is, it, you know, we sort of touched on it at the start. It's the best worst film ever made, to the point is it's actually described as the Citizen Kane of bad movie, <laughs> like. Which is not a great reputation to have. This is, this is the other thing, though. I actually didn't realise it was this old. It was made in 2003. It was released in 2003. Still, it took a long long time for it to uh, to get, you know, I guess, kind of prominence because I only heard about it, like, what, a few years ago. I, I remember my first uh, interaction or altercation with this movie. I went around to visit my brother and him and a mate were there just playing some games and they just had this movie running in the background. I didn't take much attention first, but eventually just it was just being so weird and strange in the background. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys watching? I'm like, oh, The Room. Have you not heard of it? I'm like, no, should I have? And they're like, probably not. But it's great. I'm like, this looks shit. They're like, I know. They're like, we know. That's what makes it so great. And, th- and yeah, I was just sitting there watching it in utter bewilderment. I'm like, and this is like a real film. This isn't like just some, you know, Thing that someone's just made and put up on YouTube. They're like, no, no, this is this was like legit a real movie. It was released in cinemas. Yeah, there was. Um, this is interesting. There's a fan made musical called Oh Ha: The Rise of Chris R, which is like a take off of one of the characters, and there's like a backstory from the the drug dealer Chris R from the movie. And then there's another one in 2018, a, a musical called Oh Hi Johnny. The roomsicle parody, which like it, it's it's crazy how something so bad 
could give birth to so many like different things. It's true. In a way, it is. It is the gift that keeps on giving. It is. There was, there was something else that I read uh, in one of the, well, one of the critics said. Actually, I just read something that uh, most reviewers to, would ask for their money back before even 30 minutes had passed. Fuck. That's pretty bad. <laughs> but a critic on, from ifc.com described Wazo's speaking voice in the film as Borat trying to do an impression of Christopher Walken playing a mental patient. <laughs> <laughs> That's gold. How about this? In 2016, Marvel comic book Spider-Man Deadpool number 12 Captain Marvel receives a copy of The Room as a Christmas gift from Deadpool, but complains she actually wanted Room starring Brie Larson, who obviously went on to play Captain Marvel in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ah, funny. Yeah. I guess really, when it comes down to it, you can't call it a failure. No, you can't. I mean, commercially, you certainly can. but more so. But... I think failure is strong enough a word. But as far as cultural impact goes, you can't say it's a failure. It made an impact. Whether it was, you know, for good or not, it it definitely left its mark. Oh, 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 hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. I didn't even mean to do that one. Oh, but and that time. there, that is time. It's probably a good place to leave it anyway. I believe so. Do you want to give it a rating? Give I'll go. the room. All right, you go. I, I'm going to give it two stars. Two stars. I think two, two, two or highs out of five. But basically, the only reason it doesn't get one is because as terrible as it is, it, it has made that lasting cultural impact upon the world. Yeah. See, I was initially going to give it a one, but then I bumped myself up to a two and I thought, you know what? It is funny. Like, not in a funny ha-ha way, but in a funny, like, cringy this is so <laughs> fucking bad, awkward way that it, it deserves a two. It does. So it gets that. It does get that. And moving right along from a movie made by arguably a pretty cooked cunt to a TV series where they sell product to cooked cunts, I guess. Yeah, let's go with that. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Now, I have a lot of you love. You finally got me to watch it. I have a lot of love for this series. I, um, I was, do it I now. was very late to the party. Um, I didn't actually watch it when it was on TV like, and it was coming out. You were late to the party. Yeah, I wasn't as late to, as you were to the party. But <laughs> I was actually kind of glad I was because when I started watching it, I got like, I just like binged it. Like, and I'm like, if I got to the end of the season and was like, fuck, now I have to wait for more episodes, I would have been pissed. So then I binged yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Um, I haven't managed to finish watching it all, however. Um, I have managed to get halfway through season four. So I'm pretty close. You are pretty close. Uh, and I will be sticking it out to the end. To see how it all. All pans out. Let's see how it all pans out. Personally, I think I think it may. I don't know. Maybe got hyped up a little bit too much for me and everything else. I, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad. Don't get me wrong, but it hasn't lived up to the hype for me. Yeah, I can see that. I went into it with a pretty like surely this can't live up to the hype mentality, and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, but I went in with pretty low expectations. So, but it is. It's. It's. I'd have to probably say it's my all-time favorite like drama TV series. I've watched it through multiple times, and every time I watch it through, I notice something different, like a hidden detail. Or Vince Gilligan is very good at hidden details. And um, nice, I wouldn't see myself rewatching it again anytime soon, mate. In the in the immortal words of the dude, that's like your opinion, man. Do we have that in the hat? Is the Big Lebowski in the hat? I'm sure you would have put it in there. It's an interesting story, I think, though. Not the Big Lebowski. I mean, that is, but. <laughs> Breaking Bad takes like a, you know, lowly, really meek, mild mannered, like loser, basically, of a man in Walter White. And then he gets diagnosed with stage three lung cancer. And it's like, I should also mention he's a chemist and a very fucking good chemist. And then he meets up with one of his old students and decides to start making meth, basically. And why not? And then you see him slowly over the course of the series, descend into darkness. He doesn't... The mild-mannered Walter White slowly dies, and then Heisenberg takes over. So is there this one thing I noticed throughout the series is everything... I think there's only one real sort of significant time jump throughout the whole series. Yeah. Everything really happens... Well, I think, like, the whole series, what would be over, what, the course of maybe one, two years? Yeah. 
it's all very close together. Hmm. It was interesting. I think um, I was watching a lot of other shows. Like, I guess I've got used to watching like Arrow and things like that, which take a very strange approach where apparently during the season break, they also have a break. Yeah. <laughs> which is, I've always thought it was a really weird way to take it. There's just, apparently, there is no crime during the off season of this TV show. No, everything's, everyone has been good. Everyone goes on holidays at the same time. That's that's it. Um, but no, I thought it was interesting because I was, I was just like, holy shit, this is actually happening. Like you come back, like obviously the season break and stuff, however long that would have been when it was actually airing, it comes straight back in right where it left off. It keeps continuing. Another thing that's done just randomly, another uh, series of well, series of films that have done that, uh, the, John Wick, the John Wick films. There's no gap between each film. You, you, it's hard to sometimes remember, but... Everything that happens in one, two, and three has happened over the course of like maybe a week. Yeah, okay. Oh, I didn't actually notice that. Like it's all it's all continuous. I haven't watched all of them though either. Yeah, but yeah. But yeah, again, Vince Gilligan's very good at details. He's very good at having that linear sort of storytelling going on. I like the fact that there's so much like hidden detail. Like you would have seen the part where Jesse tries to break into the junkyard and he falls in the portal loop, <laughs> and he's all covered in blue shit. Mm. Well, there's a scene that's like a day or two set, meant to be set like a day or two after that, where he's handing over money to the guy and his clothes and everything are all clean. But if you look at his hands, he's still got blue shit in the grooves of his fingernails. Yeah, okay. Which is like crazy detail. A lot of symbolism and stuff in the show as well, mainly around colours. So it's a basic breakdown of it. Colour red, when characters in the series wear the colour, it generally means aggression or violence or murder. Jesse wears red when he's being aggressive in the meth, meth business. You know, when they're in the underground lab, he's, he's you know, overwhelmingly painted. The underground lab is painted all in red because it's an aggressive process. Hank Schrader's wearing red before he punches Walt in anger. There's a whole thing on it. I won't go into too much detail because I'll blow out the whole 20 minutes on the colour thing. If you look it up, though, even there's a thing, a theory about, like, the two different colours. So, like, one character wears this colour and another character wears this colour and together they make this colour which means something about their relationship and it actually all like links together. It's it's a massive rabbit hole. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, when I, so I finish out the series, I may look out for that. Yeah, it's definitely worth having a look into. There's some some cracking character in the series. There's some cracking characters. And the, I, I really, thing I really, I think the thing I really like about it is the character development. Like, you know, Walt transitioning into Heisenberg, you've got Jesse goes through all kinds of shit. You know, Skylar goes from being a lovable housewife to a cunt. Uh, real hatred for Skylar. Uh, but even Hank, who's like this real, you know, tough, macho, brash, over-the-top guy, slowly starts to become more and more vulnerable as he starts, you know, realising his weaknesses and, you know, having... You know, issues and things like that. It's um, it's true. I must say, I do not actually really like the character Walter White. The actual, like the Walter White, the meek, mild mannered Walter White. No, I, I actually do not like Walter White as a character. Yeah, like as a person, I do not like Walter White. What about Heisenberg? No, because I, I, I see, I see a little bit different. I remember, I mean, I more see Heisenberg just this name that he that was made up just to try and protect himself. I don't ever, ever see him being Heisenberg. He's always Walter White to me. And I do not like Walter White's person. I think he's not a very nice person. Yeah. So that's interesting because I think the whole, like, especially the whole first season sort of feels like it's dedicated to make you feel as sorry for him as possible. Like, you know, his son's got a disability. No, he's no, got cancer. They're broke as fuck. He's got another kid on the way. Like, it's all fucked you start to sort of start to feel this way, like him coming out of it, and you're like, you know what? Fucking, yes, he's doing some bad shit, but, you know, go, you good thing. I'm, I'm backing you in. No, see, the main thing that I didn't like is the way that he goes about his business and the way he treats Jesse. See, he kind of pulled Jesse into this, and then he treats Jesse like shit. He's always putting him down and throwing him back. He, he does show a little bit later on coming into it. He, he kind of... If anything, he actually becomes more human in that sort of um, empathetic sort of way when it comes to like Jesse and stuff. But overall, I really don't like Walter. He's a very yeah, I can see more caring about his thing. Like he, 
yeah, like he brings Jesse into it, obviously, because he, like he was doing those things for the good reason to help his family and stuff out. And I get that, but he brought Jesse in. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it really made me hate him. Yeah, I can see your perspective on that. I love Jesse. I'm a big fan of Jesse. I, I am. I am. Actually, I'm also a big fan of Jesse. I, I do like Jesse. I love the. Uh, one of my personal favorite, two favorite bitches in the whole, and there's only like there's only like fifty six or fifty three bitches in the whole series, which seems weird because it seems like there's a lot more than that. Someone actually went through and counted them all. It wasn't me. Are you saying bitches? Yeah, like bitch. Like when he says bitch, there's only like fifty three or fifty six oh. or something of those. <laughs> I thought I thought you were I thought you were referring to women. No, like, no. What? What? <laughs> No, when he says, when he says, when he says, bitch or whatever, there's only like a select number of those. But my two favorites yeah, okay. are, yeah, bitch magnets. I won't do it properly because I'll break people's eardrums. And the other one is when they're in the trailer and Hank's on the other side of the door and he's like, this is my own, hmm. private, my own private domicile and I will not be harassed, bitch. The pause makes it. Like the pause is just so perfect. Another character I absolutely love is Mike Ermintrout. Yeah. Yeah, Mike's one of my favorite. He's characters. just a fucking dude. Like he just gets shit done. He really does, doesn't he? He actually um features a lot more heavily in Better Call Saul. He um That makes sense. He has a yeah. A lot more I don't mind Saul either. He's he's alright. I can see how he got his own spin off from the show. Yeah. And Better Call Saul is—it's a completely different series. Like it's a lot more light-hearted in a lot of ways. There's not so many dark. I mean, there's dark moments, but there's not as many dark moments. It—it's mm. it, it's a good series in its own right. Like it's definitely worth a watch. There's so many crazy shit that's like, so much crazy shit that happens. Like Gus, Gus is a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm starting to get that. And um, he seems so nice and friendly, and it's like he's not a nice, friendly person. He is. Um, yeah, that's the crazy thing as well. Like. What opening up in the first season, like they end up killing quite a few people. Yeah, the old uh, bathtub not holding up—that's a classic. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think you know what I think in the way he treats Jesse during that whole first series thing—that that's really part of what made me not like Walter. It's interesting, definitely interesting take on it. Most people I've talked to have been have, have that. haven't been able to overcome it. Yeah, very interesting. Apparently in 2013, it entered the Guinness World Record as the most critically acclaimed show of all time. There you go. So, obviously doing something. Yeah. Before this, I did tell you that there was something that I took and that I had a really big problem with, with this TV show. I do remember you saying that. It was only about an hour ago, so I should remember that. (laughs) My biggest problem with this TV show, and I don't know if it's just Stan that I've been watching it on or whether this was the way it always has been, but the fucking sound level changes. Shit me to tears. No, that sounds like a stand thing because when I've watched it, it's been fine. Yeah, so obviously this is more of a production issue or potentially it's a stand issue, but like I've been watching, I remember like the other day I was just in the land room watching it and there's a scene in, in Walt and Skylar are just talking in their land room and it just got louder, like significantly louder all of a sudden. And then during like the same conversation, it just got quieter again. Yeah, that definitely sounds like a, a an independent issue because I've never had problems with it. And I've watched, I mean, I've watched but, it. But on yeah, it DVD. doesn't matter on like which device I've watched it on. I've noticed it. So I don't know if it's just specifically Stan, the streaming service, using to watch it. But yeah, shit me just shits me tears. I watched it on Netflix when it was available to me on Netflix, and I. Watch, I watched it on DVD. I haven't noticed it on Stan, but if I go back and watch it, I probably will now. But I've never noticed it. I, I, yes, I was. It's never been an issue on DVD or anything like that. Did you know that Walter, the guy, the actor that plays Walter Jr. actually has cerebral palsy in real life, but it's not as bad as it's portrayed in the show? Yeah, I did, I did actually. I was I was actually wondering about it as I was watching it, so I did look that up. I was like, oh, I wonder if he's if he's just acting it or not. And, yeah, I did see that. One of them. Apparently also had to... um. Teach, like learn to walk with a crow. He doesn't actually need them. Yeah. So he had to. Uh, and 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 apparently his speech isn't as bad as 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 he makes it. Yeah. On um on that subject, one of the meanest things I've seen that's come out about it is a picture of him side by side with a picture of Jimmy from South Park. Oh, rough. I'm like, that's rough. You know who I actually like, even though he's a fucking psycho, Tuco. <laughs> he was. He's he, he was the psycho. Like next level nuts. 
And he was only he was only removed from the um the series, only written out of the series because he had scheduling the actual actor that played him had scheduling conflicts. I think he was on like Walking Dead or something like that. Yeah, okay. Weird. Yeah. Do you notice there's a couple there's you may notice there's actually a couple of uh comedians in the in the show as well. I did not I did notice Bill Burr. Bill Burr and Lavelle Crawford, who I'm a pretty big fan of. He plays Huel, who's Soul's bodyguard, the big black bald dude. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Well, so another two characters I really do like are Jesse's mates, um, Badger, and I can't remember his other mate's name. Skinny right Pete. Now. Skinny Pete. I actually, I like them. Yeah. You um, if you if you actually get around to watching it and you decide to watch it, there's a really touching scene between them all in um, El Camino. I think I will because, as I said, I do like Jesse, so I reckon once I finish it, I actually will El- um, end yeah, up watching. El Camino is based pretty much all on Jesse. El Camino. Um, a couple of other weird things. In it. So apparently uh, Vince Gilligan uh, was one of the writers for X-Files. He was. And that's where he first met Brian Cranston. Yeah, right. Uh, so Vince Gilligan cast Brian Cranston for the role of Walter White um, after working with him uh, on an a, uh, episode of the X-Files that he had written. Um, but apparently AMC didn't want Brian Cranston on there because obviously, I guess, he was going to that sort of typecasting from playing Hal on Malcolm in the Middle. Mm-hmm. And here you go. What do you think about this? They actually tried to get John Cusack and Matthew Broderick to play the role. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know how I would have liked that. Brian Cranston does a very good job because he's actually a phenomenal actor. And I think this show... Does, yeah, I don't really know. Especially don't, especially Matthew Broderick, maybe John Cusack, but I really couldn't see Matthew Broderick playing. Cusack, I could see potentially it would, it would work, but mm. I am um, funny you should mention Malcolm in the Middle though. One of the fan theories for how the show was going to end was that the end of the show was actually that was actually the beginning of Malcolm in the Middle, and that how was like a he was in it was he was just Walter in witness protection, and they did, like they built him a family and all this sort of shit. And they actually, I think it's on one of the DVDs, they have a, it's the last season DVD, they have a special scene, like a special feature where they made like a whole scene where the show cuts to black at the end, like before the the real ending, cuts to black. And then Hal just sits up in, in bed next to his wife and it's like Malcolm in the middle. He's like, oh, I had this crazy dream. Interesting theory. It's pretty cool. As far as theories go, it's it's a pretty... It's a pretty solid theory. There were talks of not only doing Better Call Saul as like a spin-off show. I mean, it, really, at this stage, it's a sort of own standalone show. If you if you watch it, um, I'll quickly I'll quickly wrap this point up. There was a. Uh, right, keep going. I've got a couple of things. There was a. There were talks of having Mike get his own show, and that would have been interesting. And Gus getting his own show as like a prequel to all the shit that. Like what made him become this way? Um, which they kind of hinted at yeah, Breaking Bad, yeah. and they expand on it a lot more in Better Call Saul, which I'm now waiting for season six of. Yeah, so they're, they're then points. You said you had some more points as well. Well, just interesting. It looks like Gilligan stole a lot of his. You got a lot of the actors for it um, through working um, on X Files. Apparently, you know, it worked with Aaron Paul, um, who plays Jesse. Mm-hmm. There as well, as well as Dean Norris, who plays Hank Schrader. But apparently Gilligan originally intended uh, for Jesse to be actually be killed at the end of the first season. Yeah, it's actually a... Um, as a sort of plot device to make Walter feel uh, guilty. But after seeing how well Aaron pulled off the performance, admitted that it would be a mistake to kill him off, which is good. I'm glad he didn't. Yeah, he's, he's one of the best characters. He's so good. And um, funny you should say that there's actually stories of um, Brian Cranston used to turn up to set after season one and once he knew that about, you know, Aaron Paul were potentially being written off originally, he used to always be like, oh, have you have you read the script for this episode? And he's like, oh, no, what do you mean? He's like, oh, you're in, you're in for a big surprise. Like always hinted at him getting <laughs> killed off. Oh, wow. Uh, That's good. Him and him and Aaron Paul actually have Breaking Bad matching Breaking Bad tattoos on their fingers as well, like the the BR and the BA symbol. Oh yeah, yeah. This is a little fun fact. Um, but yes, that is time yet again. That it is. So I'm going to give it a rating. I don't know. Potentially it could change once I finally finish watching the entire series. Uh, but yeah, I want to give it three and a half to four yos. Yos out of five. I because. That is another figure I would like to see how many yos Jesse gives throughout he the series. Does say a lot of yos. It'll be a lot more than bitches. Yeah, that's that's definitely one I wouldn't mind seeing. I'm not going to do anything 
hacky, like give it six out of five or anything like that. It's a flat five for me. That's cool, man. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. That's exactly right. But, and you know what? While we're on the subject of opinions, if you haven't seen our latest social media post, well, it won't be our latest by the time of this recording, but if you haven't seen our social media post on our challenge that we want from you guys, we want a challenge. We've been given a movie or a movie series. We want something that people, the, the general opinion on is that it's shit. People hate. And we want you to challenge us. We've got a movie series. We want a you know, TV, video game, an album, uh, music genre, anything. Dude, anything we pop can, culture related. We get more movies. More, more movies are fine. More movies are fine. Anything. We want tell us, give us suggestions, contact us on the social medias, you know, Cult of Popularity Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, Cult of Popularity Podcast on Twitter, any way you can get in contact with us. Let us know. We want to know what's something that's really shit that we can try and find any sort of good points out of that make it less shit. Yeah, please do it because I reckon that's going to, it's going to be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be it's fun. It's going to be a fun episode to trying to put Bruce that together. Some bad shit, trying to find a redeeming quality about it. All right. All right. Uh, but, but if you don't already. Oh, go. What are you, you going to say? Oh, I was about to move on, so you go. Oh, I was going to wrap it up, like wrap the episode up. Well, we can't do that yet, Trent. Why can't we wrap the episode up yet, Joshua? Because then we won't know what we're going to do next episode. Ha! Do you need to go to the hats? So oh, you're the brains of this whilst you were going through, I have uh, I have been picking my way through the hats. Picking at random, I'd hope. I have. I've just been rolling them over and then grabbing things out. I've got a TV show and a video game series so far. I just need to pick out a movie. Okay. Are we going to do the whole guessing game thing where you want me to guess the things again? Yeah. I fucking hate guessing games. Mate, you just pulled that up on yourself. So People are like... Well done. It's like... Guess. How about you just fucking tell me? No, I guess. It'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be fun. It never is. It's never fun. I never guess something right and go, oh, fuck. All right. So, clue for the the TV show mm-hmm. is it is based in an office. Is it the office? It is. <laughs> it is the office. <laughs> uh, which is going to be interesting because we never specified whether it was the British or the Eng- or the uh, US version. So, we're going to have to do both. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Luckily, there's only there's only there's only like three there's only like three fucking seasons of the the UK one. So the video game it is a video game series. Okay, so I'll give you that. Right, is about the cruel animal practices of making animals fight each other for other people's entertainment. Is it Pokemon? Yes. <laughs> Gold. So that's and the uh, that's the video game. That's the game. The movie. It's a bit of a bleak, a bit of a bleak take on it, but I like it. It's a bit weird when you think about it. It's really weird. I've actually, I'll save it. For, I'll save it for next time. Right. And now the movie. Movie is is an absolute classic of a movie. Goes a little bit all over the place on a, a bit of a high adventure. Ends up on a pirate ship at the end. Ends up on a pirate ship at the end. Or a shipwreck, is it hook? maybe. No. no, it's definitely no, no. So it's a shipwreck in the end. Looking for adventure and gold. Bunch of kids. A bunch of kids. You've lost me. It's not the Goonies, is it? It is the Goonies. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't remember the shipwreck. I was like, what? Yeah, there you go. So we've got the Goonies, Pokemon, and The Office. Mixed bag if ever there was one. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's another one of those really uh, weird ones. But it is, you know, we'll make them all work together somehow. We will. Uh, but that is... It again for another another fortnight of the cult. Cult of Popularity Podcast. Again, hit us up on the socials, follow us, and as always, cop that.